Hey, everybody. Mark T. IT Guy Dad. Uh, I forgot my own bit. I was going to do a puke buff. Whatever. But hey, everybody. Mark T. IT Guy Dad Nerd. Whatever uh, Star Wars asshole or former recovering Star Wars asshole, I should say. Bad movie nerd. Fan of the Lucas emote on Discord. <laughs> a bit too much of a fan, I'm sure. Everybody probably finds it obnoxious, but I'm the only one that uses it, so it's basically my thing at this point. And I'm talking about Mel Brooks's 1987 film, the a thousand percent riff on Star Wars, but also, you know, sci-fi in general, but also a thousand percent Star Wars, Spaceballs. Spaceballs, you say? Yeah, Spaceballs. And I've seen this motherfucking movie, I don't know how many times. Watch it now. It's really TV safe, like pretty TV safe, all said and done. And I've seen it on TV a bunch of times. I probably have like a, or had, you know, like a bootleg VHS or something at one point. Because that's how things were, you know, back in the day. But it picked it up in this uh, nine disc Mel Brooks collection, which I like. It's a Blu-ray. It's nice. It's got some extra features. I haven't seen the extra features for Spaceballs just yet. I don't know if I will before I publish this podcast. I probably won't. You know, again, the the thesis behind this is do it quick, do it dirty, but just do it. Nike. Not Nike. This isn't an ad for Nike. I don't sponsor Nike. The whole inflation of the prices of Jordans and things, I'm not I'm not about that. So don't don't take this as like an endorsement. It's fucking not. It's a con condemnation is what it is. And I I was I would hit my desk, but I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to mess it up. It's pretty good. It's pretty high up right now. So, sit sand desk. Really good stuff. You should you should get one if you don't have one and you think you might like it. Standing is rough. My lower back definitely reminds me. I have um Anyway, enough about my uh medical history. <laughs> not not trying to hipa violate myself, right? Not trying to hipa myself, but Spaceballs is a really cool movie. I like Spaceballs. I like Spaceballs a lot. Spaceballs will suffer from the same bias that Men in Tights and History of the World did in that I saw it kind of as a child and I just saw it again and again over the years. However, it has the added wrinkle of being a Star Wars riff and I, as a kid, fucking loved Star Wars. Holy shit. I could not get enough of Star Wars. You couldn't fucking give me enough. I, it was impossible. I had no bounds. If I could become Star Wars, I would have as a child. And interestingly enough, you know, the episode one comes out and I was very hyped for episode one. I was on IRC, the fucking Star Wars channel on Dalnet, like, oh, fucking Star Wars. Yeah. Ultra cheese all day. And things like that. And um, it was definitely a movie. It definitely had some good parts, I would think. And, and this is turning into a Star Wars podcast. It won't, though, because that needs to be separate. But it, it definitely had its things. But 
the prequels slowly separated me from Star Wars, is, is what I'm talking about. So, kind of separated me from Star Wars. Clone Wars were cool. A little old for that. Fucking air conditioning. God damn it. Hold on a second. Okay. Turn the air conditioning off. It'll turn off soon. But I, I separated from Star Wars over time. I got real hyped for The Force Awakens. My... Yeah, no. Um, it's a whole thing. Force Awakens was hype. Last Jedi, more hype, but a different hype. And then, you know... Uh, Rise of Skywalker, I'm like, oh, that name sucks. And you didn't have Ryan Johnson? Oh, this is a bad scene. And lo and behold, it wasn't the worst scene, but it wasn't what it could have been. And they they definitely, there were some definite choices made on that movie. And I agree with few of them. Very few. Precious few. So anyway, complicated history with Star Wars. But for a long, long, long time, I was Star Wars. I knew all the words, literally all the dialogue to, like, A New Hope. Most of it to Empire. Some of it to Revent, uh, Return, because... Hey, fuck Return. Return actually sucks. And everybody who's like, oh, Return is the best one? Fuck you. Hot take. Eat it. Return sucks. Return is the worst one of the original three. Yes, Empire's best. Yes, A New Hope is second. These are very firm in my mind, and I was being hyperbolic. I, you, you can like whatever you like. I don't give a shit. I just, I'm just trying to be entertaining. That's all. So, again, just you know, my my feelings. And when I was like, "Oh fuck you!" Like that's just that's a joke. That's just me trying to trying to be entertaining. That's all. So Spaceballs got into the original trilogy. It came out, uh, what, four or five years after Empire, or Return, I should say. Return came out in 83. Ooh, I hate that I have to look this up. I am clearly a poseur, but I haven't given enough of a shit about Star Wars in, like, 15 years. I don't fucking care. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, 83. I got it, bro. I still got it. I got it. So Spaceballs came out four years after Return. So that's 87. So that's a weird... That's weird timing for me. I feel that the... The spoof that comes out on the heels of the, the phenomenon is the best one. However, as stupid as this movie is, and it is stupid, but in, in the Mel Brooks way... It's the one that does the best job with the plot, and by best, I mean it's like it thought that there was a plot, and it was okay with it. Return of the Jedi also has a meta score of 58, which is hot garbage. Let's see what Spaceballs has on Metacritic. A 46. Fuck you, Metacritic. Fuck you. Metacritic, you're a piece of shit. I, I take everything back. That's not hyperbole. Fuck you, Metascore. Garbage-ass fucking score. Anyway, Spaceballs, in my opinion, is better than Return of the Jedi, but Spaceballs takes all of the things of Star Wars and it successfully uh, parodies them along with other science fiction properties. They mention Star Trek at some point. They do a straight 
Planet of the Apes kind of ripoff, which was fun if you weren't expecting it. And I just spoiled it for you if you haven't seen this movie. And you'll be like, oh, where's the Planet of the Apes ripoff? And then you'll get it and you'll be like, that was bullshit. The masks weren't as good. And I don't, I'm sorry. I apologize. If you haven't seen the movie, just stop now. I already ruined that gag for you. So let me not ruin further gags because Spaceballs, it might be my favorite Mel Brooks movie. Oh, it's so close. I still have 12 chairs and Young Frankenstein to watch. And Young Frankenstein and Spaceballs, they, it's a knife fight. It's a knife fight right there. I mean, I really like History of the World a lot, but being older now, I think that I, I think that Young Frankenstein will carry more weight than it would to a ute, you know. So Spaceballs does a thing with the plot, but it mostly apes other plots, which is a thousand percent fine. It's not high cinema. It's really this just like fucking Mel Brooks smart dumb comedy. They do like the logic jokes. Uh, so one of my favorite logic jokes, right? Mel Brooks logic jokes is the Mr. Coffee, Mr. Radar and um, the uh, Spaceballs, the cassette, you know, the home video cassette. And things like that, you know. It just, they, they, they play out a little bit. Like, it's not just like a one and done. It's not a, a one-liner. It's a, a whole setup that takes like a, a couple, you know, lines to pay off. And it's really great. The cast was stellar for this kind of bullshit-looking movie. It looks like bullshit. It looks like garbage. It looks like it was filmed on a fucking camcorder. I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure somebody spent a lot of time and care, a lot of work on sets and things like that, but it doesn't look good. It looks bad and that helps it, if you can dig that. If it looked too good, it wouldn't help. But, you know, obviously Mel Brooks is in the movie. He plays two guys now, not five, which is cool. John Candy is barf, and John Candy is... Perfect. So one of the things that John Candy says is uh, Lone Star tells him some shit and John Candy's, you know, as Barf, he's like, you, uh, when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. And I say that to people all the time. Nobody fucking gets it. Nobody gets it. Right. Rick Moranis' Dark Helmet is genius casting. Bill Pullman as Lone Star, unrealized gold. Right, for me, he's the president in Independence Day, mostly, but Lone Star is the other big role. Daphne uh, Zuniga as Princess Vespa, great, well done. Dick Van Patten as King Roland, hilarious. Uh, George Weiner as Colonel Sanders, fucking fantastic. The name C Colonel Sanders alone is the best. You know, Joan Rivers as Dot Matrix. And uh, those are the main players, basically. And then you have cameos and things like that. Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow's gag is the best. You know, we lost the peeps, the sweeps, and the creeps. The beeps. The sweeps. You know, whatever the fuck the, his sounds are. I don't know. I'm not Michael Winslow. That's why they pay him the big bucks, not me. I hope he's not dead. Oh, my God. I'm going to click his name here and see what happens. Nope. Still alive. Thank God. Michael Winslow, a national treasure. So the cast is really good. The plot is 
basically a MacGuffin. It is a, a vehicle for jokes. There's some really good ones, and they're set up really early. So already when we're looking at the planet of Druidia, right at the beginning, the marriage of the princess of Druidia or whatever to Prince Valium. Prince Valium is its own joke that keeps coming back, that running gag. But she's set up as being the, the, the princess of Druidia, right? Princess Vespa, who I don't remember. She has her first name. Your Highness, I guess. And about 20 minutes later, right, when she gets picked up or rescued, I should say, when she gets rescued, it's like, great, a Druish princess. And then fucking Barf looks right at the camera and he goes, funny, she doesn't look Druish. And I just, I fucking laugh at that every time. I find that shit so funny. I don't know how to explain it. I just find it very, very funny. It's stupid of me, I know. But I am stupid. I acknowledge this. Bear with me, you know, bear with me. Uh, one of my other favorite gags is Pizza the Hut. So if you're in the U.S., you have to understand that in 1987, Pizza Hut was the dominant pizza experience, basically, the pizza restaurant chain dominant. And I'm saying dominant, like Domino's was gross. Little Caesars was up and coming. Little Caesars was kind of hot shit in the early 90s. It's garbage now, hot, hot, hot garbage. But it and Pizza Hut have run this race to the bottom type thing. So you have to understand that the landscape of, of pizza was different back then. And I, I think that part of that comes into better data. So data is, is a really dangerous thing to have in, in certain ways. And if you have data that says, well, people don't care so much what it tastes like so much as that it's cheap and they prefer cheap over good. Well, that data signifies that you should make your product as cheap as possible, and it doesn't matter how good or bad it is. And that's where Pizza Hut and Little Caesars have gone in the U.S., which is very sad, because I was a huge, huge fan of of these establishments, really. These corporations, these, these huge multinational corporations, they still exist in other countries, and they might even fucking be good. But where I live, they're both garbage, and they're just knife fighting for who is the worst. So, very sad about that. But Pizza the Hut is a fantastic joke. In the late 80s, early 90s, you would do good in school to get the fucking Pepsi wheel to go to Pizza Hut and, like, I don't know, get, like, a fucking page master thing or something. Like, I don't know, but it was Pizza Hut was, like, the best. So Pizza the Hut is instantly a gag that has won over every child who was a child in the late 80s early 90s kind of thing you know and um you know Vinny, which was uh probably rudy de luca uh you know or else pizza is gonna send out for you that's that's a fun joke because you send out for pizza and it's a yakov smirnoff riff so yakov smirnoff was a a russian comic who had emigrated and his big thing is like, you know, in the U.S., everybody looking for the party. But in Russia, the party find you. And that made it back. Like, I think Family Guy did that riff at some point and things like that. This I also remember from being like a child, you know, like my parents didn't fuck around with me. If if I was awake and they were watching the news, they didn't change the channel. They're like, we're watching the news, fucking deal with it. So like I saw the Berlin Wall fall and things like that. I knew who the fuck Yakov Smirnoff was. 
This is weird shit for a kid to know, but here I am, right? So all of these jokes are just like super good and they're hitting for for me on a, on a very deep personal level then and now, you know. Colonel Sanders already is a huge setup because again like 20 whatever minutes later after you learn his name, there's the what's the matter Colonel Sanders chicken you know and and Rick Moranis again. So I guess maybe the best way to, and I, I'm I'm doing this in, you know, I'm in a circumspect manner, getting back to Rick Moranis in this way, but this this movie really takes the piss out of things. It just it really is like, oh, you think this is cool? Fuck you, for Star Wars nerds, right at the opening crawl with the the you know it just if it's like fuck you crawl, and then the big ship that's passing over screen and in, in a new hope, right? Episode four or just star Wars, just star Wars. It was just called star Wars when it came out. Yeah. I fucking know that asshole. I'm talking to the star Wars assholes that are trying to fucking correct me over here, but I can't hear them, but I'm also imagining them because they're not real. Cause who the fuck listens to this? So in that respect, then they do the big ship crawl, but they do it for a minute and a half, right? So they took the thing that was Star Wars iconography, right? Which is the the Tantive Four running away from the Star Destroyer, and it's it's huge and it's imposing, and they quadruple down on it, and they literally take like a minute and a half. It's like ninety seconds. It feels like forever, and then it has a fucking bumper sticker on it, right? But right by the huge monstrous fucking jerk off engines. That's a really good gag, and it's taking the piss out of Star Wars. It's making Star Wars less serious, less important. Whatever like self-importance or whatever importance you, you would project onto Star Wars, it's like, fuck you, dude. Just fuck off. Deal with it. This shit's funny. So then we, we, we're, we're there, and it's like Colonel Sanders and, and Dark Helmet, right? Darth Vader is, is physically played by David Prowse, voiced by James Earl Jones, who was, you know, the voice of God, essentially, who should have been God in everything except when Morgan Freeman was God. Instead of David Prowse, who's six six or something like that and very powerful, we get Rick Moranis, who is like a five nothing and hilarious and just nerdy and the exact opposite of David Prowse. The David Prowse, James Earl Jones combination, realistically. And it's taking the piss out of Darth Vader. And then you see all these fucking dudes running around with this big, like, ball helmets. They're space balls. So they have these stupid fucking looking helmets. But the asshole's joke is great. It's taking the entire piss out of the Empire. You know, the whole Darth Vader choking people as he zaps them in the dick. It's... It's really good. It's really good. And Mel Brooks is systematically just kind of taking the piss out of all these things. He hits religion a little bit with yogurt and the Schwartz and the merchandising, right? And and all those things. It's really good. This is a more focused parody than History of the World, than Men in Tights in a way. And I think Men in Tights leans heavily on the fact that you had had seen Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which was a huge movie. Kevin Costner was a huge, huge, huge star 
in the early 90s when Robin Hood Prince of Thieves came out and when Robin Hood Men in Tights came out. But I barely remember Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. Like, barely. So, you know, I, I, I don't have that concept. Probably no one fucking remembers that movie. But it, 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 did, it did numbers. If I recall correctly, it was a big movie. So, you know, that's kind of the joke. Except with Star Wars, like, I fucking had memorized Star Wars. So I was like, oh, this is a, a reference to that. And, but there's also a ton of other setups. There's the setups when they go to, to you know, jump to ludicrous speed. So already the hyperactive ludicrous thing. Hilarious, because people are like, make the jump to light speed in Star Wars, and people who don't know what the fuck is going on, they're like, that's ludicrous, so why not go faster and go to ludicrous speed, and they've gone plaid. Great joke. Fantastic. Wonderful. You get a little 2001 in there as well, right? Because for fucking some reason, Mel Brooks has it out for 2001. I don't know. Maybe it impressed him that much that it just kind of lives rent-free in his mind. It impressed me. You know, or maybe he fell asleep and he's like, what the fuck is this? That's also very possible. But really good jokes, you know, bad ear blimp. Uh, but in the, the setting where they set up the, the going plaid, they also set up the three ring circus, which pays off all the way at the end of the movie. Like there's setups and there's payoffs and they come and they're not always right away, right? They take time occasionally. They do a whole Lawrence of Arabia riff, you know, Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia, he's an English guy, he came to fight the Turkish, you know, that's the, the lyrics to the theme song, and, and that's a different movie that I'll hopefully talk about at some point, not Lawrence of Arabia, but the one I'm referencing, and yeah, I don't know, I'd be, just, the movie's bad, good, good, bad, bad, good, however you want to slice that. But it's a good parody. It focuses in on its targets and it kind of, I think it maximizes what it can do. Or or I should be very objective and say, I recognize the majority of what this movie was doing. Not all of it. I'm sure that there's like fucking, listen, I've seen Zardoz, but guess what? I didn't fucking pay attention. I was like, why is he wearing that? And that was it. I've seen Barbarella and I'm like, this is the horniest Mel Brooks movie that Mel Brooks did not make. Barbarella with, uh, God, what's her name? Jane Fonda, I, th I believe. So I've, I've seen those movies, but they didn't come up. This movie's really uh, family friendly, family friendly in comparison. They drop an F bomb. They like not a, not an F word, but like a fuck. They just do like, what the fuck or something. Or, or, you know, when the button is broken at the end, he goes, fuck. So they used the language. They say shit a couple of times. There's a good aliens joke in the movie. It's just, it's, or alien, I should say. It's very good. It's, it's very, very good. If you have, are a fan of sci-fi, you will pick out these things. If you are a fan of camp, well, welcome to camp, camp, so to speak. If you've ever seen a Mel Brooks movie and liked it, this is very much a Mel Brooks movie. Holy shit. Dude's laying it down. I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, camera work is pedestrian. Effects are rough. But the jokes are top tier. 
Stephen Tobolowsky shows up in this fucking movie. That's how fucking lit it is. Stephen Tobolowsky is one of the funniest motherfuckers out there. Dude is legit hilarious. And young Stephen Tobolowsky is in this movie as like a fucking two second part. But I was like, holy shit, dude, is that Stephen fucking Tobolowsky? And I had to look it up. But there's a lot going on in this movie. They do a, like a, a tie-in song, but it's like a really, really, really shitty Ghostbusters 2 kind of thing. And I'm not into it because I really like the song from Ghostbusters 2, the, the Bobby Brown song, which I think is called like In Control or something. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, they definitely, they didn't hit, it. this movie doesn't hit every every time, but, you know, taking shots at the main properties, Star Trek, Star Wars, Alien, Planet of the Apes, you know, that kind of thing. 2001, a little bit. It's really good. It's it's really very good. But it's old. Again, I'm I'm looking at it through the experience that I had as a child. My expectations were were set as someone who was still forming as a person. I would love to know what somebody thought watching this movie for the first time now who didn't know who the fuck Rick Moranis or, or John Candy were, who didn't understand like the weight of having Joan Rivers be a voice on your movie or or anything like that. It would it would be interesting to see this with fresh eyes, but fresh twenty twenty eyes, so to speak. But I don't know, I just, I fucking like this movie. I like this movie a whole hell of a lot. I like this movie more than I remembered, honestly. And I remembered most of it. And I was like, I don't know, this is better than I remembered. The execution of this was better. This movie was maybe more thought out in total. Maybe that just those extra, that extra time, right? Those four years between its release and, and Star Wars's, you know, Return of the Jedi's release. To give it time to breathe. I don't think the next generation was up yet. I think the next generation started in 89. So they were pulling old Star Trek or Star Trek movies. Which were still coming out, I believe. Around that time. Or roughly so. So it's definitely a different pool to pull from. No, no Cylon jokes. You know. But whatever. Hey, it's cool. I don't need them all to be Cylon jokes. But it's a good movie. It's a good, funny-ass movie. And it makes jokes about sci-fi. It makes jokes about politics. It makes jokes about filmmaking in and of itself. You know, it makes jokes about people who think they're powerful. It makes jokes about everybody. You know, it's, 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 it's really great. I love it to death. I wouldn't say that it's flawless at all, ever. Definitely showing warts, but warts and all. I love this movie. So that's it for me, I guess. I'm calling it. Be nice. Stay safe. Stay inside. Stay home. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Not not in your house when you go out. Or, or in your house. You can do that too. That's fine. It's not going to make you sick or any of that bullshit that people are talking about. But... You know, just be cool. Be nice. Black Lives Matter. 
Fuck 2020. 2020 sucks. Yo, this year sucks. Fuck this year. But I'll see you next time. I'm going to watch another Mel Brooks movie tomorrow.